0: Our scripture lesson for today comes from James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25 of the New Revised Standard Version. But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word, and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. May God bless our reading and hearing of the scripture. Thanks be to God. Uh, This is the last in our uh, sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. And uh, so uh, we will begin this lesson, as we have begun every lesson uh, by reading the first two verses of chapter five. Um, and uh, that sets the scene for the Sermon on the Mount. And then uh, our primary lesson then comes to us from chapter 7 uh, verses 24 through 29. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, they Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand." The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as their scribes. May God bless the reading and hearing of the scripture. Thanks be to God. Hearing. And doing. You know, that is, uh, that's kind of, in many ways, life. You know, the difference between hearing something and, and doing something. So I, I got a question for you. Did Did any of you think to yourselves last night as you were setting your alarms that I'm going to go to church in the morning? Or did you wake up this morning and think to yourself, well, you know, after I have my coffee and after I have my breakfast, I'm going to go to church this morning after I watch the morning news show I'm going to go to church Uh, if if your attitude is that you were going to go to church this weekend then I'm going to challenge you a bit because this ain't church this building isn't the church these pews aren't the church not even the altar or the cross or the candles are the church this is a facility This is a church building. This is a tool that the church uses. You didn't come to church this morning. You came to be with the church this morning. You came to gather as a church inside of a facility. Now, Bridget and I will will, will do the same thing. We will use the language because it's common, and we will call this the church. But this isn't the church. You're the church. The church is flesh and blood. The church has a pulse the church is the people and so we come to be with the church this morning we come to be with the church and, and so what is our what is our motivation for being here you know are, are we here to hear the sermon and here to hear the special music are we are we here to to kind of kind of watch and take in the spectacle that is worship well, again, if that's what we came here to do, we're missing the point. I've been thinking a lot in terms of theater here lately because, you know, five nights a week, I'm, I'm in rehearsal for, uh, for the show that's coming up the first two weekends in October. And, um, and so thinking in terms of theater, I, I think it's worth us pausing for a minute and, and to ask ourselves, if what goes on on Sunday morning is, is theater, if what goes on Sunday morning is is a show well then who's performing and for whose benefit is it well sometimes i think we want to fall into that theater mindset of thinking well you know we come and we sit in the pews and the performers are the choir or the special music or the pianist or the pastor But in reality, those of us us up front, we are not the performers of worship. We are the producers of worship. We are the directors and the prompters. Because the actors in worship are you. And the audience is God. We are here to worship God. We are here to offer praise to God. We are here to honor God. And so... What, what we do up front is simply trying to prompt and nudge and urge you in your worship of the Almighty. And sometimes we forget that because what we start doing is we start thinking, well, you know, well, I prefer worship to be like this, or I prefer worship to be like that or I prefer that pastor's sermons, or I prefer this pastor's sermons, or, you know, I like it better when the choir sings, or I like it better when we have special music. And it all starts to become about our preferences and what's entertaining to us and what we like to hear. And the reality is that ain't what it's about. It's not about us, it's about God. And it's about honoring and worshiping God with our songs of praise it's about honoring and worshiping god uh, with our sacrifices that we make uh, through the offering plate it's about honoring and worshiping god by By being challenged in our faith and being willing to continue to honor and worship God when we leave the building. Because again, we didn't come to church this morning. We were the church before we ever got here. We were the church when we were reading the Sunday paper. We were the church when we were in the car. We were the church when we were hitting the snooze button trying to convince ourselves that we were actually going to get up. We were the church. We may have been acting like the church. We may not have been acting like the church, but we were the church. And so the reality is, when we leave here, our worship is to continue. And our worship continues by us acting like we are the church. So, you know, how do we, how do we get good at that? Well, by practice. You know, my son um, used to play his guitar fairly often and, and actually was getting kind of good at it before he got distracted. And so when he was in fifth grade, He played a song on guitar for his class. And and so he played the song, he sang the song, uh, did a really nice job on it, and one of the students in the classroom, she she, she, uh, raised her hand because it was kind of a show-and-tell moment, you know, and she raised her hand and she said, so how often do you practice? And he said, I practice at least 30 minutes a day, at least five days a week. And she said, I was afraid you were going to say that. You know? Because she wanted to be able to play guitar, she didn't want to put in the work. Now, think back. Were you in band? Were you in choir? Did you play football or volleyball or baseball or basketball or softball? Were you ever in a school play? Haven't you at some point in your life done something that required practice? It required effort before we became proficient. You know? Most of us have had to practice at what we do. We've had to practice to become proficient at what we do. I've had more than one medical professional tell me there's a reason that 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 if you are an, an eye doctor or an internist or, or or some other kind of medical professional, it's called a practice. Because they're always learning. They get rusty if they don't do it. You know, if you know somebody who's a lawyer and they're in a law practice, are you going to be comfortable if that lawyer stops learning? Because the legislature is writing new laws every year. And the judiciary is ruling on the constitutionality of laws every year. And so if you have a lawyer who stops learning well then what good is that lawyer because that lawyer becomes becomes no longer prof- is no longer proficient because they're not practicing they're not learning they're not working on their art their their form of livelihood Are we willing to practice what we preach Because sometimes what happens is that the pastor says something in a sermon, or we hear something in a Bible study, and we think to ourselves, oh, I could never do that. And the reality is, you are right. You are absolutely right. You will never be able to do that because you have just made it clear that you will never be able to do it. And until you decide that you're going to give it a try, and until you decide that you're going to give it a good effort, then you're not going to be able to do it because you're not even going to try. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I would never be able to do that. Why? Well, because I'll never try. We are called to step out of our comfort zone and to be those who do what we hear, to be those who do the words of Jesus, to be those who act upon what it is that we have heard. These messages of love and grace, these messages of trust and acceptance, these messages of of loving one another as Christ has loved us, this idea of the bar being set so remarkably high, none of us are up to that task when we start. We grow into it we become the believers that Christ would have us be through our actions, through our practice. This idea of being doers is incredibly important for who we are. In in James's epistle, what he says is, is that, you know, if you don't act on what you believe, if you don't act on your faith, you are like somebody who looks in the mirror and immediately forgets who they are. Immediately forget what they look like. I don't know about you, but as, as every year passes, I become less and less fond of mirrors. Um, you know, I, I find myself on occasion, on occasion looking at the mirror trying to figure out who that old guy is. You know? You know? But I... I know who I am and and I remember who I am and I remember who I am in the context of who I am to God. In the context of being created in the image and likeness of God. And it's in that context that I am called to do and act and be in the world. And sometimes I get it right. And more often than not I don't. But I keep working on it. I mean, I have I have spent an inordinate amount of my time in the last two weeks dealing with Verizon Wireless. You know, one of those things. Linda made the mistake of asking me about it last night. I don't think she intended the length of conversation that then ensued with this, with this ongoing trouble. And I got to tell you, there have been times when I have been on these customer service calls that I have been on my best behavior. And I have, I have been my best self and I have hung up the phone, and, and I really don't have anything to regret because I have, I have carried myself well. Then there are the other phone calls, <laughs> where, where maybe I wasn't as gracious as I could have been, where, where maybe my frustrations got the best of me. It's hard. It's hard to practice what we preach sometimes. Sometimes we get caught off guard. Sometimes we're tired and sometimes we're grumpy and sometimes we've been wronged and sometimes we feel like we've been wronged whether we've been wronged or not. And it's just hard to live up to the words of Jesus and to take them inside and to carry them with us and to act on them. But that's what each of us is called to do to treat everyone the way we would treat them if Jesus was watching, because he is. Again, I've been thinking about this play a lot. And, and, and I was thinking about it in context of this, of this whole hearing and doing thing. Because, you know, we've been rehearsing for several weeks now. And, and when we started, it was rough and people are reading word-for-word or trying to read word-for-word off the script. And You know, if you've never been in a play, you know, it's not just a matter of remembering your lines, it's it's remembering your lines, remembering your blocking, remembering your songs, remembering your choreography, remembering when you come on and when you go off, And, and there's any number of things that you have to remember. And the only way that you start to remember those things is by going through the steps, time after time after time, until you begin to be proficient at what you're doing. And, and, and so Friday night, Friday night was night, we went through the whole place start to finish. And, and there were some rough patches, but it's, it's starting to resemble what it's supposed to look like. We are still two weeks out, and it's starting to resemble what it's supposed to look like. I, I think it's actually gonna end up being a fairly, fairly decent show. I think it's gonna be pretty good. Now, uh, by contrast, uh, think about the show this way. We decided we didn't need all those practices. We didn't need five to six practices a week. We didn't need to start out by going over one scene at a time, and then one act at a time, and then the entire show. What we decided we would do is we would get together once a week for an hour, and we would listen to the cast album. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to gather once a week for an hour, going to listen to the cast album, And at the end of six weeks, we're going to go do that show. Now, we might actually sell more tickets that way because you would be darn curious as to what's going to go down, right? That doesn't sound like a very good way to prepare a show, does it? Just get together once a week, listen to the cast album, and then go out and do it. And yet sometimes, that's how we act as believers. We show up in worship, we're here for an hour, maybe 65 minutes on communion Sunday, but the preacher gets no more leeway than that, right? And we're here for we're here for an hour. We we sing the songs, we hear the sermon, we hear the scripture, and then we go out and we are Christians the rest of the week. Do we do we take the bulletin with us and pray for those people who are asking for our prayers? Do, do we pray about anything else during the course of the week? Do we ever dust off our Bible and actually actually read it during the week? Do we attend any other kind of, of Bible study or, or, or faith-building opportunity? If we think that we can go to church for an hour a week, And walk out into the world and be the Christians that God has called us to be, then we're probably going to do about as good a a job as the cast would be doing if we had only been listening to that album for an hour every week and decided we're ready to go do it now. We're called to be more than folks who just sit and listen for an hour a week. We're called to be more than those who, who, who come to church as a destination, who come and sit back and watch the show and decide whether we like it or not, whether the music was good, whether the pastor picked obscure hymns, whether the, whether the sermon was accessible, whether the pastor stepped on our toes. You know, that's not what we're about. What we're about is coming here and being energized and called and sent back out into the world. We offer our praise to God while we are here, and we continually offer our praises to God once we leave this place through our actions, through our deeds, through the way that we treat everyone else, remembering our identity as being created in the image and likeness of God and remembering that their identity is no different than ours, for they also are created in God's image and God's likeness. Are we just going to sit back and watch the show? Or are we going to listen to the cast album for an hour a week and say, that's good, that's all I need? Or are we going to practice our faith until we learn how to practice our faith as God would have us act. Until we are actors in faith. And I don't mean actors in the sense of character actors who fill some role that, that, that's not really them. I'm talking about action in the idea of just simply moving. Acting. Acting what we believe in. I, I, I was shocked that, that Bridget has not done this with you yet because I, I gave folks in the first service a chance to answer this and, and they didn't. It, it, this is Bridget's going to beat this into your head and I, I can't believe I'm, I'm doing it first because Bridget will normally in the middle of a sermon say, love is a verb. Somebody's been in staff meeting. <laughs> love is a verb. When we talk about love in the sense of Christian love, It is an active love. It is a love that goes out of its way. I don't simply feel warm and fuzzy thoughts for you. Those warm and fuzzy thoughts come out in actions. In the way that we treat one another. In the way that we recognize that each of us is a child of the Almighty. Love is a verb. Now, I also have a professor who would argue with me and trying to make the same argument and say no love has to be a noun because because love has to have substance and i'm going yeah but the substance are the actions that we can go yeah but you get the gist the gist is love isn't just this warm fuzzy feeling love is how we impact the world in the name of christ jesus love is how we impact the world through the power of the holy spirit I mean, we got up this morning and we came here because we are Christ followers. We got up this morning and we came here because we believe in God. We got up this morning and we came here because we wanted to grow in our faith. So now it's time to go and act like it. Amen. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова Корректор А.Егорова